This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Outfield straight up, three infielders on the right as McCullers looks in. This is another Astros podcast. Matt Chapman is on deck. Here's the pitch from McCullers. And that's a grounder over to the second baseman, Altuve. Throws hard to Correa. Back to first. And he got him. What a cannon shot from Correa to get that big double play and keep it a one-run ball game. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Joe Espada, Astros bench coach. And beginning of the year, you and I talked about some of the things you had worked on with Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa up the middle. And so far this year, both of them, certainly by the numbers, have played very well defensively. How do you feel like their progression has been since you've been here? You know, I feel really well, feel really good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they both have played really well. I think they have both uh, taken the things that we talked about during spring training and they have put it into play very nicely. So very content where they're at. Uh, but there's, uh, you know, they're always looking for ways to improve their games. You know, looking at just watching Carlos Correa and having seen him the last few years, it seems like he's a little quicker, and it seems like he's a little more sure-handed than in years past. What, what are some things you're seeing with him? You know what? He's he's locked in defensively. He's, he has really worked hard on his first step, his direction, and um, his angles, and something that we really worked hard in spring training. He's been able to carry out through uh, during the season, and I'm really proud of the work he's done. He's doing a really good job, but but you know, he's he's one of those guys who just wants to be great and I think he's whatever he wants to do in on a baseball field he can do it if he puts his mind into it you talk about the first step what is the key for an infielder particularly a shortstop to have that that quick first step is it pre-pitch preparation knowing what's coming it, what, what, what does it involve all those things are important but also um, I think Carlos understands uh, kind of being explosive first step I, th- I think he's reading the ball well off the bat and I'm always a big believer that that first step determines if you're going to catch the ball or not. And if you're going to catch it, how clean you're going to catch it. Yeah. So he's doing a really good job, and he is uh, working on it every single day. You know, watching Yuli Gurriel at first base, who was a position coming into last year, he hadn't really played before. Uh, but this year he's, you know, shown that he's gotten even better. And, I mean, you just – I think sometimes the key thing for a first baseman is getting those throws in the dirt. And it seems like Yuli's really mastered that. Sure. You know what? I think he's just being comfortable and getting mm-hmm. used to the position over there. And, you know, his feet are on the back, are, are, are working smoothly, and his hands are, worked, are working really well. But all comes down to comfort. And also um, he is – Really doing a good job reading and being familiar with what the uh, what the what the, what you know what his teammates throws do. You know, I, I like to talk. You know, when I talk to first basemen, they're like catchers a lot of times. You know, they they kind of you know every infielder their their throws have different type of actions and shapes. So I think he knows what Carlos throws do. Breckman throws do when he's on the run. Altuve turning a double play. He's kind of familiar with it, so he's able to stretch on time and being on the right uh, spot uh, when the ball is. Uh, kind of coming into first base so he's doing a really really nice job now a lot of times with the pulse shifts 
Yuli Gurriel, Gurriel will be the only infielder on one side, or if it's the other way, Alex Bregman will be the only infielder on the other side. Now, Yuli, he's played all over the infield throughout his yeah. career in Cuba. Bregman, he, he was a shortstop at LSU. How much does it help to have two guys like that who can be the only guy in the infield but have played other places and have that range? It's huge. It's huge. It makes our job a lot easier. Um, we're able to uh, cover more ground. Mm-hmm. We're able to play deeper on the grass uh, because all those guys have plus range and also got good arm strength to yeah. finish the play. So um, makes our makes my job a lot easier. And also they, they're pretty smart. They kind of know where each other are. They're all, you know, they know uh, where to go. Um, and um, it's something that, you know, they've been here for so many years and, and the Astros have been known for the shifting. So they're kind of familiar with the, with the system and they, they do a really good job. Now, Alex Bregman over at third base, uh, you, I mean, it, just the improvement he's made since be this time last year, especially on the ball coming in, that slow roller, such a tough play. What's the key not only to feeling that but also getting yourself in a position to make a good throw? Uh, you know what? It, uh, one thing that I mentioned to Alex was, you know, his uh, he's natural position was shortstop. So something I encourage him to do during spring was to play a little bit deeper. Uh, mm-hmm. when, when you play a little bit deeper at third, now you start creating angles like you were playing shortstop. Sometimes third baseman got a tendencies to play really close to uh, to third and towards the in the grass. So he thinks kind of get on top of him too quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's able to give himself some room between him and the, uh, and the hitter. Um, and he has really improved his his, uh, his angles and range. He's always been plus. So I'm very uh, extremely uh, happy with the progress he's made. But uh, I still think that there's a lot of room for improvement in all those guys. Joe Espada, Astros bench coach. Thanks so much for joining us. You got it. Thank you. Back with more of Astro Launch right after this. The Houston Astros Radio Network. 3-1. And Springer drills this one pretty deep to left center field. And you can kiss that one goodbye. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks. This is big boy baseball. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. And welcome back. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks join by Astros Assistant General Manager Mike Elias before the Astros play the rubber game of this three-game series against the the Cleveland Indians and the Astros making a roster move today with Derek Fisher going on the DL with a a gastrointestinal issue and uh, J.D. Davis coming up from AAA Fresno. And, you know, Mike, you you saw both of those guys when they were uh, drafted 2014, same draft, two really talented guys. And Davis, man, he was tearing it up down at at AAA, hitting over 400. He's doing uh, as well as anyone down there at that level. Um, it's not surprising to see, given how well he, he played in spring training and uh, the taste of the big leagues that he got this year. Um, and I'm glad he's back up on the team with the chance to contribute because I think he's ready to really put the numbers up at the big league level that uh, his AAA performance has suggested so far. How gratifying is that for you, Mike, personally, when you see some of those players that you draft make an impact on the major league roster yeah of course it's it's what we do this for and it's uh, very rewarding for scouts when they're a part of evaluating yeah. and signing a player to, to see him get here um is great and especially with jd he was very patient in the minor leagues you know he was hitting so well and we actually had to force him to repeat double a even though he didn't need to he has a bregman and Colin Moran. exactly yeah. and you know i was worried at the time that uh you know that could mess with the mindset of a kid that was really on a good trajectory but he was very professional and mature about it and realized that baseball's baseball and he could still get his reps in and keep improving in double a and then he ended up making it to the big leagues that year very quickly after leaving double a so it just shows with the right mindset right attitude that uh these kids can do anything. You talk about that mindset and that attitude, and, and 
you you oversee you've only overseen the Astros drafts the last few years. How tough sometimes can it be to to figure that out about about guys? And I'm sure there are times when guys surprise you, either uh, good or bad, in that regard. It's probably the most important thing that we're not able to really quantify in any way. Right. Um, it's it's hard to even get access to some of the big college players. And then there's a whole universe of players that we kind of have to monitor and worry about just because the draft is so large. And to have your staff uh, meet every single one of the kids in the draft is not realistic. So we, first of all, we need to pick and choose which players we're going to spend a lot of time on. Obviously, with the high picks, we try to do more work. But even that, even if we are able to put a lot of work into evaluating their makeup, it's not a science. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's difficult because we know just how important it is to get that right. But it's a very hard thing to get right. It's always something that we're trying to get better at. You do get a feel for things, um, but uh, we could, something we can always keep improving at and need to. You know, I, this is interesting to me because I was talking to a couple of scouts just a few days ago in Anaheim about this specific uh, thing, about getting into the mindset of a player and see what kind of makeup they have. And they were telling me that they've been burned many times just because – Maybe that kid's coach has it out for him for some reason. You know, didn't really click with that coach, and they won't give you the right information. So how do you how do you avert that stuff? It's difficult. I can tell you that that asking coaches, while it helps, it's not a magic bullet yeah. for the reasons you've mentioned. Um, it, the, our best approach to that is having experienced evaluators spend time with the kids, spend time talking to the kids. We also have some. Uh, professionals, mental skills professionals in our organization that we're able to send out and interview some really important targets, like maybe our first round pick. Uh, But again, it's uh, something that all 30 teams and across all sports are still uh, exploring and groping for better ways to evaluate mental makeup just because it's so incredibly important. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, joined once again by Astros Assistant General Manager Mike Elias. So the uh, draft is coming up in about two weeks now. Uh, starts on June 4th, runs through June 6th. I know you can't talk about individual players in the draft, but Astros picking their first picks 28th overall. What do you feel like is the, the strength of this draft based on what you and the, and, and the scouts have uh, been able to surmise? Well, there's a lot of good college bats. Uh, unfortunately, they're going to go very high in the draft as they normally do. And with where we're picking at the bottom of the first round, it's kind of a blessing and a curse when you're there. The reason you're there is because your major league team is doing well. You're coming off a successful season like we were, but it makes picking a good player much harder just because you're so much lower. And usually at that part in the draft, um, there are things to like with position players. You'll either get somebody who's got an incredible defensive profile or an incredible offensive profile, but rarely is it both because if there was both and there weren't many questions about the offense and the defense, they'd be going a lot higher in the draft. Um, So with position players, you tend to have uh, some more flaws in their profile down there. Um, And because of that, there's a little bit more of an attraction to pitchers usually in that neighborhood of the draft just because they have um, fewer holes in their in their overall profile but we'll see we'll see what names are up there we'll see what happens um it's a good draft overall we're definitely not worried about the level of talent and especially down through the rounds we feel it's really deep so we're kind of excited about that getting back to the position players when you look at a player maybe that has more offensive skill than defensive skill or or vice versa which one do you put in in a higher priority if you feel like 
a player's really good defense and you feel like you have some tools to maybe help them uh, maybe improve offensively? Or is it which way do you prioritize? I don't think there's a general prioritization. I think that's when you start getting into the specifics of the evaluation. So if we see a player who's uh, had a great defensive career at shortstop, um, maybe hasn't hit for power the way a first-rounder should have, but we see some things in his swing that we think we can fix, then we'll go in that direction. Um, or vice versa, if the kid is uh, playing first base or corner outfield, had a huge college career with the bat, do we look at this guy and think we can tease out some more defensive value out of him? I, that's where we get in the specifics of who and what we're looking at, and then we'll make a decision. You know, to that end, obviously, you know, the scouting and player development work hand in hand. How often do you guys have maybe some of the player development people look at guys that you're considering drafting for, for that very reason because maybe they see something and they feel like that, that they, they, they can help with? All the time. Um, we're so fortunate. We have, I think, the, the best player development department in baseball um, right now. Uh, these guys are doing incredible things on the minor leagues. Um, we're so confident that when we send someone to them, they're going to improve. And that's not something that 29 other scouting directors can say. So, you know, we're so grateful to have that type of minor league system and that type of expertise in our coaching staff. And we do tap into it before the draft, um, specifically uh, with uh, Mark Bailey, our catching coordinator. He gets involved in really any catcher that we're looking at. We'll make sure we get him some video, see if he thinks the guy's a legit defensive catcher. And if not, if there's some things that he could work on, and then also Chris Holt, who's our assistant pitching coordinator, uh, grades the mechanics and even looks at the stuff a little bit of the top 50 or so pitchers uh, in the draft that we're targeting. So those guys will be very involved with the draft. They're in the draft room, in the draft meetings, and we get some other involvement from the hitting department here and there. But uh, I'd, I'd name them first and foremost of the coaches that are most involved with our draft effort. I want to ask you about the, the player you chose in the third round last year was Tyler Ivey, and he wasn't on a lot of people's radars. I got a chance to see him a couple times in spring training throw some bullpen sessions, and one thing I liked about him more than anything was not just the stuff but the deception I think he has in his delivery. You look at mechanics, do you look at deception too? We do. Um, it's it's a, a thing that's hard to uh, grade with a ton of accuracy just because it's so subjective. Um, probably one of the best clues towards deception is their performance when right. they're in college. and Hitters' reactions. Exactly, yeah. and, and just to strike out numbers. Um, and, and our scouts are good at it, too, and they will indicate that they think there's something deceptive going on with the guy based on the delivery and the hitters' reactions. Um, and with Tyler in particular, um, our scout in Oklahoma, Jim Stevenson, a name I'm sure that uh, you're familiar with just because he signed so many great players right. from off the radar for this organization, He'd followed this kid actually from high school and brought him to our workout here in Minute Maid Park. So we got to know him out of high school. He, we weren't quite able to sign him. He was going to Texas A&M. It was going to require a lot of money. Um, and he ended up going to Texas A&M, had a really good season as a freshman, and then for whatever reason bounced out and went to Grayson Community College last year where Jim picked up back up with him. And he had a really good year with them. Jim stayed on him. I think we were uh, the high club on him, which is why we got him in the third round. He wasn't ranked that highly if you look at some of the lists from that time, but I think we did a really good job evaluating him and his stuff. He's kind of hit the ground running this this spring in, in Quad Cities and doing really well, and you could see those strikeout-to-walk numbers, which is something that you yeah. always want to look at with minor league pitchers. 
are really good. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but he's doing well, and, um, you know, we're proud of him so far. Mike Elias, assistant general manager, helps run the Astros draft, among other things. Thanks so much for joining us. And, hey, just remember, whoever you draft, just make sure they, they're good interviews because that's really all we care about. <laughs> this is the Houston Astros Radio Network. <laughs>